Welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason St. Clair. I wanted to dive into one of the companies that General Mattis had a relationship with, the $25,000 that he was paid from Citibank. I don't know if he was to do a speech, but obviously if you're getting 25 grand, it's probably something else, right? Some other like handshake or some other dealings down the way, making good friends with them for some reason or another. Anyway, so that made me pique my curiosity. So I did hear about Citibank getting caught. Um, when was that? Citibank got busted 2015. So Citibank caught laundering Mexican cartels drug money, but gets a slap on the rifts from Obama's Justice Department. Excuse me. So Citibank's Benamax U.S. subsidiary has been caught laundering drug money for the notorious Zetas and the Gulf call and the Gulf cartel in Mexico. And once again, the administration has given Citibank officials a free pass. Bloomberg Businesses gave a detailed account on November 20th, Citibank's repeated long-running non-compliance with back regulations about reporting suspicious activities. In one instance, Antonio Peña Aguilas, a drug money launderer for the Zetas, opened an account in 05, claiming to run a small business with a projected $50 a month fund through the account. All told, Peña Aguilas laundered $59.4 million through the account. The bank failed to file any suspicious activities report, even after Peña Arguez's brother was assassinated by the Zetas, accusing them of stealing some of the laundered cash in 2011. And even after Peña Arguez was indicted by the U.S. authorities for money for drug money laundering. The, so the Bloomberg cited article uh, several others equally egregious cases where Citibank, through Banamex USA, laundered drug money failed to comply with compliance or due diligence, and only received a slap on the wrist cash fines. In one instance unrelated to drug money laundering, a unit of Citigroup had to plead guilty to felony count of price manipulation of dollars and euros, but no official was sent to prison. In the Banamax U.S. cases, Citibank's expected pay rate of $100 million in fines, a small percentage of the profits the bank made through drug money laundering. So it is more profitable to do those illegal activities, very, very clearly illegal activities. Citibank knew, and to make the money off of it, all those the extra money, the investments they could use with it, and then pay the fine, the whatever you know, a small percentage of how much money they make. Citibank bought Banamex, Mexico's third largest bank in '01, and soon opened Banamex U.S. branches along the Texas-Mexico border perfect for money laundering. It was through one of those branches in Laredo, Texas, that Sonia de Pau, a Mexican housewife, quote-unquote, opened a small account and soon laundered $1.44 million. Her husband had already been indicted on drug money laundering charges, and once again, the bank failed to file any reports on the account. De Pau was laundering money for both Zetas and the Gulf Cartel, who had actually been arrested a year before she opened the Texas account for money laundering in Mexico. So unlike in the movies... Narcos, where there's a uh, or um, shoot, what's the name of that that show? The meth dealer. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Anyways, where the teacher becomes a uh, a meth dealer. I'm sorry, don't kill me on that one. But you know where the chicken is being, the money's being laundered through, a, and the drugs are being laundered through that um, El Pollo 
<laughs> chicken place. Gosh, I'm so bad with that. Anyways, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, this big, complex, over-the-border business money laundering, drug laundering, where in fact, if you're, you have an end with a, with a dirty company, you could just launder it right through the bank accounts. So I found another issue here, another recently what Citibank was fined for. So Citibank was fined 30 million for holding onto foreclosures for too long. Okay, so why would they do that? Let's read the article first from Housing Wire. Citibank was fined 30 million by federal banking regulators after an investigation found that the bank was not selling foreclosed homes back on the market fast enough. The Office of Comp Comptroller of the Currency announced Friday that it fined Citibank 30 million for violations related to holding the holding period of real estate owned. Under federal regulations, there is a two-year limit on banks maintaining possession of foreclosed property. The rules stipulate that banks can apply for an annual exemption that could push the ownership to five years. But after that, the bank is supposed to sell the property back into the market to prevent available housing inventory being kept away from would-be home buyers. And according to the OCC, Citibank violated that rule by holding onto hundreds of foreclosures for longer than five years. The OCC found the bank engaged in repeated violations of the statutory holding period of OREO, the OCC said in a statement. These violations of the bank's deficit process and controls in the identification of monitoring the oral holding period. In assessing with the civil money penalty, the OCC found that the bank failed to meet its commitment to implement corrective actions resulting in additional violations. A quick note of explanation used the term OREO by the OCC. Most of the housing industry refer to foreclosures as REO, real estate owned, but federal regulators like using OCC and the Federal Reserve refer them to REOs or other real estate owned. According to the OCC order, an investigation found more than 200 violations of the foreclosure sale limit between 2017 and 2019, but Citibank states the problem was limited to those 200 properties. So the reason why a bank would want to hold on to properties for as long as possible, right? If these properties were in a high value area where the, the property values were going up and up and up. Therefore, now you have a property that you own from a foreclosure. Say you, you have it, um, you're on the hook for a million or whatever, right, for this property. But this property is in a hot area, say like Martha's Vineyard or Lake Tahoe or something like that. Now a five-year difference can be gigantic, right? Now you're looking at a now you're making maybe that house now sells for 1.5 or 1.7 or two million dollars. Now you have 200 of these properties in these high real estate prime areas, right? And they're going up and up and up and up. Um, 30 million is not they they are going to make way more than 30 million dollars on those on those assets, holding them longer than five years. So there's strategies to breaking rules and everything is money driven, right? So they want to make the most money possible. And that's one way to do it. All right. That was just a real quick one on Citibank and some of their, their dealings recently. Um, but there's a really big article that was written uh, from corpresearch.org that I want to share on Citibank. And I'll, I'll go ahead and do that possibly after this one. I'll upload it later. I just got to run out, grab some things now. I just want to put a podcast out for you guys. And uh, the, by the way, I just remembered the name of the show is Breaking Bad. Don't kill me on that one. <laughs> okay. Take care and you'll hear me soon. That was a terrible transition to the end. Make sure to hit that subscribe, that follow button. 
Once again, this is Jason with the Indiscriminate News Network. Thanks.